I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the news du jour, a calmer space to consume the news. Oh, my gosh. I could seriously cry, you guys. The past, like, week has been so stressful for me trying to get things back up and running. I've had three different technological issues. Well, one was more hardware. The other two were more like software. But either way, my computer ended up having to get completely scrubbed. And I will say it was a long time coming, but that said, (laughs) I am so exhausted and I feel like such a crazy person not being able to get you guys the content you deserve. And I apologize and I'm going to do everything I can to make it up to you guys, starting with an extra long episode for today. And then I'm also going to go ahead and throw in your feeds the episode that I wrote for yesterday, thinking that I was going to be able to post yesterday (laughs) and then I wasn't. Um, I just really appreciate your patience and can't say enough how much I appreciate you guys being here. So without further ado, let's get into an extra long catch up episode. Okay, so to start us off, we have, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven mini stories, seven. I told you, it's going to be extra long just to make sure you guys are fully caught up. And then we'll have three normal stories for you guys to follow up. Let's get into it. So remember how DeSantis had to lay off like one third of his campaign staff? Well, one of the people who was shown the door was actually his campaign manager, the lead person on a campaign. This shows that DeSantis may be changing course a little bit and trying to turn a new leaf for the lead up to March 5th. Stay tuned. And for our next mini story, Dianne Feinstein, the 90-year-old U.S. senator, has been hospitalized due to a fall. She reportedly tripped on a chair in her kitchen in the afternoon and needed to go immediately to the hospital for some scans. Obviously, this adds to the growing sentiment that we have geriatric leadership here in the U.S. who may not be physically fit to lead. Okay, and for our next mini story, this is a story that I'm actually going to dive deeper into soon, but there has been a pact signed to stop deforestation in the Amazon rainforest. This is huge news, you guys, and a huge win for our planet. We will dive into the specifics of this pact and its ripple effects very soon, I promise. So this next story is also one that I hope to cover in further detail as well, but I definitely thought it was important for you guys to know about ASAP, so I wanted to go ahead and touch on it. There was a a man by the name of Craig D. Robertson who was shot dead by the FBI after threatening to assassinate President Biden as well as other elected officials. 
he was armed inside his home when the FBI shot and killed him, but a few other details have now been released. This is definitely an example of the far right leaning towards violence, and I want to go into these details, so stay tuned for more on this story. We also have two mini stories to do with President Trump for today. Firstly, a memo was released between President Trump and one of his attorneys where they were discussing and actually laid out a detailed plan to overthrow the U.S. election results and thereby overthrowing our election system. As we previously understood, this plot you know, involved these slates of false electors that would be counted by Mike Pence instead of the real ones. Fortunately, Mike Pence is an actual patriot who followed the laws of our nation and counted the authentic votes. With that one move, Pence probably safeguarded our democracy in ways that we cannot even imagine. And lastly, for many stories today... News has come out that in January 2021, a special counsel was granted a search warrant to gain access to Trump's Twitter account. They did not say specifically what they were looking into with this Twitter account, but it's safe to say that it had to do with his communications about the 2020 election. We'll definitely keep you guys posted if anything else comes out about that special counsel and all the moves they're making. Okay, and for our first longer story today, I did want to issue a content warning. This story involves a deadly natural disaster. So, of course, we are going to get into the Maui fires. And then I actually have sort of two follow-up mini stories about a couple other very serious natural disasters that are going on. Let's jump into it. So by now, you guys have probably heard about the fires in Maui. They have gotten very serious and out of control. At least 53 people have been reported dead as of the time I'm recording this, and that count will probably go up in the coming days. Thousands of people have been evacuated from the area, but one of the issues, though, was that tourists continued to arrive by the plane full after the fires had already started raging. I think it was one of those things where they all were thinking, well, my resort will be fine. These are just some little fires, you know, going on somewhere in the forest. No, no. These are huge, very dangerous wildfires. So these tourists who were dropped off there really didn't have anywhere to go. And smoke inhalation has caused a ton of injury that, you know, is not even countable at this time. What is pretty unique about these fires is that they were accompanied kind of and worsened by a hurricane that was out to sea. I know this sounds contradictory because a hurricane is associated with like rainfall and wetness but the strong winds of this hurricane actually helped to blow the fires and again the hurricane was not on the island of Maui but it was out in the ocean and so it sucked a lot of that moisture out of the air creating basically the perfect environment for a wildfire to blow completely out of proportion. Some people have literally had to jump into the Pacific Ocean to avoid these flames. Biden ordered federal funds to be sent to help, you know, with all the disaster relief they're going to need. Rescuers are searching for survivors in the damaged and collapsed buildings. 
Thousands are without electricity and phone service. Evacuation shelters have been erected to help stranded people. The city that was worst hit is actually what used to be the capital of the Hawaiian royal kingdom. People described it as looking more like a war-torn Baghdad, given how smoky and destroyed it was. Meanwhile, there also has been a typhoon in Korea. One person has reportedly died from floods as search and rescue efforts are currently underway there as well to rescue stranded human beings. People were taking boats where cars should be, you know, floating alongside second story windows. It's quite a sight to see. Definitely something worth Googling both of these natural disasters just to get our head around what exactly is going on there. 40,000 households in Korea are without power, according to the New York Times. And then with the last natural disaster that I wanted to touch on, this is one that very few outlets are really talking about, but probably the most deadly and disturbing, the heat wave that is hitting the Middle East. According to the Washington Post, the heat index there has reached up to 152 degrees. Like, I can't even breathe thinking about that temperature. Bear in mind that they do not have access to widespread air conditioning the way that we do here in the U.S. This is the definition of global warming and how terrifying and catastrophic it is going to be. And while these nations are not to blame for the emissions that cause the rise in temperatures, they will bear the brunt of it. And we've known this for decades. These temps are hotter than what the human body can withstand. And bearing that in mind, that actually leads us to our next story. Jailed Americans are set free in Iran. The Biden administration has reached a deal with Iran in order to exchange American prisoners for, wait for it, $6 billion in humanitarian aid. If you guys can remember, Iran has had some of the most intense protests in decades over the past year or so, and this has led to a widespread economic strain. If you imagine, you know, store owners and workers were all protesting instead of working, that could cause productivity to be down, wages to be lost, and would be pretty hard on the economic activity in general. What's more, the government also flipped off the internet services during that time, if you guys remember, to basically prevent people from spreading the word about the protests. So, this also prevented a lot of people from doing their jobs, ordering products, etc. Having the internet flipped off anywhere in the world today is pretty much like putting a lid on a flame. It's going to take out that economy. So the economy has definitely taken a major hit. And this heat wave that is going on there right now has got to be really affecting people too. I don't want to even imagine what it feels like inside a cramped, unair conditioned prison there right now. But with all this in mind, the government there is in dire need of humanitarian aid. Or maybe we should rephrase. The people there are in dire need of humanitarian aid, food, basic medical supplies, things like that, the essentials. But no one wants to give them any because they're Iran and no one wants to help such an evil regime. No one wants to help out their government. However, 
Biden administration felt that in order to free five American hostages and help the people of Iran in the process, it might be worth it. These prisoners were being housed in the most notorious prison in Iran, Evan Prison, which is known for the worst of the worst, inhumane conditions, and brutal torture. These hostages were just reportedly released into house arrest, which I'm sure was an immense relief to them. Some sources say they're being housed in a hotel, but I think nobody really knows beyond the two governments. But either way, as long as it's not Evan Prison, I think they're in better conditions. In a few weeks, they will be allowed to board an airplane and come home to the U.S. That is, if the funds arrive to the Iranian government. The $6 billion in funds is going to take the scenic route in getting to Iran as we are obviously not going to transfer it directly to them. We don't have that kind of relationship with them. So we will transfer it to our allies, South Korea, who will then transfer it to Qatar and then Qatar will transfer the funds to Iran. So again, a long chain of custody kind of for the $6 billion. It won't be immediate, but once the funds hit, those U.S. hostages are supposed to board a plane and come home to America. If you're confused and like, what is going on in Iran? I'm so behind. Don't worry, we've got you. You can take a closer look at this issue with our bonus episode. It's in our feed, but it's an interview with Elika Laban. So just look for bonus episode, interview with Elika Laban. She's an attorney who lives here in the U.S., but her family was deeply entrenched in the movement to free Iran from its oppressive regimes. Many of her relatives actually spent time themselves in Evan Prison, so she came to us to share their stories. You can find it and other great bonus episodes right here in our podcast feed. So lastly for today, I do have to issue content warning for this story. This story involves accusations of sexual assault. The Plight of Lizzo. Okay, so I did want to touch on one important cultural story today. The whole situation with Lizzo. I was thinking that this may have been something you guys have seen headlines about this week, but maybe didn't have time to dive into. So I'm going to attempt to tell both sides of the story and let you guys come to your own conclusions. So prior to this moment, I would say that Lizzo was probably one of the most beloved public figures on the cultural scene. She makes us laugh. She took on fat phobia. She took on racists. She was a beacon of silliness and flute playing and vegan food combos and kind of hope for societal progress in general. So what exactly changed? Well, Lizzo is currently being sued by some of her backup dancers, and the accusations they're making are not a good look for someone who is supposed to symbolize inclusivity and social justice. Her accusers say that Lizzo created a toxic work environment, fired them for gaining weight, and even forced them to engage in sexual acts with one another against their will. These accusations are incredibly upsetting. I mean, Lizzo was the host of Amazon's show, Watch Out for the Big Girls, and Lizzo also launched a shapewear company that was geared towards size inclusivity. So the idea that she might fire someone for being overweight is absolutely contradictory to her public image and kind of her one of her life's missions. 
What's more, the sexual nature of these accusations is definitely disturbing. And while I'm sure Lizzo's fans do not want to accept that she's capable of this, they are also the type to believe victims. So here is what Lizzo had to say about it. I kind of, you know, I tried to summarize the accusations for the lawsuit, um, but here's what her response was to these allegations. Quote, These last few days have been gut-wrenchingly difficult and overwhelmingly disappointing. My work ethic, morals, and respectfulness have been questioned. My character has been criticized. Usually I choose not to respond to false allegations, but these are as unbelievable as they sound and too outrageous not to be addressed. These are sensationalized stories coming from former employees who have already publicly admitted that they were told their behavior on tour was inappropriate and unprofessional. I am not here to be looked at as a victim, but I also know that I am not the villain that people and the media have portrayed me to be these last few days. I am very open with my sexuality and expressing myself, but I cannot accept or allow people to use that openness to make me out to be something I am not. There is nothing I take more seriously than the respect we deserve as women in the world. I know what it feels like to be body shamed on a daily basis and would absolutely never criticize or terminate an employee because of their weight. I'm hurt, but I will not let the good work I've done in this world be overshadowed by this. I want to thank everyone who has reached out in support to lift me up during this difficult time. End quote. So we will definitely keep you guys posted as this legal battle plays out. It's definitely set to be heated. Stay tuned. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, Integrity is doing the right thing, even when no one's watching. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review or shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us be able to keep creating the news du jour. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram and just sugar-free media, all one word on TikTok. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oh. oh.